do you just grin and bear it if every living president and first lady will be at the Rosalind Carter uh, Memorial? I think it's tomorrow, except for one. Is that just bad optics, or do you grin and bear it, or do you point out, or do people point out for you that you've never been to any of those ever? Why would you want to start now? Our guest, uh, Dr. Anthony Trigoski. Thanks. Bad optics, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Every opportunity to pile on Donald Trump, I guess, it's already started or continues. Well, Mike, when we think... When we think about Donald Trump, there are, there are certain rituals in American politics, and they're all a little different, but funerals are one of them, inaugurations are another, and debates are another. There's just these things that happen in American politics just kind of as a matter of routine or, as I said, as a matter of being a bit of a ritual yeah. in American democracy. And Donald Trump has never been someone who participates in those or is perhaps even invited to those. So I guess I'm not completely surprised by this. Donald Trump is just such an abnormal president in so many ways. In some ways, he's abnormal in ways that delight his supporters. In other ways, he's abnormal in ways that motivate his opposition. But I think everyone would agree that he is just a different kind of guy when it comes to president. So I guess I'm not shocked by this. At least he's not picking and choosing. He just doesn't attend any of them all right uh let's uh, more important than that is uh voting coming up and uh polls which are still way too far away to take very seriously and yet it seems that some voter bases are uh, are thinning out a little bit i i know i've been reading your take on on the president apologizing to muslims in an effort i'm told to uh, curry favor amongst those voters in Michigan and Pennsylvania and a couple of states where uh, Minnesota, where there are a lot of uh, Muslims. And if he apologizes for not believing the Hamas death numbers, they'll say they'll feel better and they'll vote for him in 2024. Biden is facing a lot of pressure on this issue from within his own party. There are news articles about tension within the White House on Israel and Gaza. And as you noted, Mike, there are electoral pressures as well. Uh, Rick and I talked with Charles Franklin, the head of the Marquette Law Poll last week on Lacrosse Talk PM, and he noted that at this point, as you noted, polls don't give us a very exact idea of how the election will turn out in November 24, but they do give us a general sense of the political climate, and they give us a very general sense of where things might be heading as we get into the campaign season. And as you noted, there are those key swing states. Even though we don't know exactly how the election is going to turn out, it's safe to say that Minnesota, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan will be very important in the election. And those states, many of them, do have substantial Muslim populations where in a close election it could turn the outcome, just as I was thinking about young voters. Young voters have soured on Joe Biden, according to recent polls, and they may make the difference as well. So I think it's correct to start taking the polls seriously as a general read of the political climate, even if they don't tell us precisely what's going to happen. It's the trend, kind of like long-term weather forecast. I can't guarantee it, but this is the direction we're headed. I think that's right. And we've seen a number of polls that indicate trouble for Biden among young voters. According to the exit polls in the 2020 election, Joe Biden won voters 
between the ages 18 and 34. He won those voters by 20 points over Donald Trump. Meanwhile, there was a recent NBC News poll that showed Donald Trump actually winning that age group of 46 percent to 42 percent. And as you noted, Mike, we can look at a number of data points to get a general read for where things sit. And this is not the only poll. What that is shows it? Biden in some trouble with young voters. This right. is a trend, and trends ought to be taken seriously. What are what's the what what's the disappointment among those young voters who don't support Biden uh, in as big a number as they once did? I I've thought about this, Mike, and I think there are a couple factors. First of all, the support for Biden among young voters was pretty soft compared to the support for young voters. For Barack Obama, I thought about that Obama-Biden comparison and how young voters were enthusiastic about Obama and just have not been enthusiastic about Joe Biden. And also, as we noted, the Israel-Hamas war. Uh, Young voters have not been favorable towards Joe Biden's handling of the situation, just as many voters have not been favorable towards it. But young voters in particular seem to have soured on Joe Biden. And the problem with having soft support like that is that something like this, like a new major development, could really crush someone's support. And that's what we're seeing. So with young voters, I've always thought that Republicans should be a lot more optimistic among about young voters than sometimes they convey in the public eye. I mean, right now, this shows that Republicans have significant opportunity when it comes to young voters if the party is going to embrace it, if the party can devise a strategy to embrace it. And young voters might just sit out the election, too. So yeah, that's always that. possible. Young voters are notoriously inconsistent when it comes to their voter turnout. As people get older, they get more consistent in their voter turnout, in their participation in elections. So I guess the first risk for Democrats is that young voters just sit this one out. And the second risk, one that is, I think, pretty tantalizing for Republicans, is that Trump could actually win over some young voters to a much greater extent than he did in previous elections. What about those failed promises? Vote for me and I'll pay off your college debt. Vote for me and you'll get a better job with higher pay. Vote for me and I promise, I promise. A lot of those promises aren't coming true. Are the young voters remembering that to any degree or not? I think policy does matter. I think the personality matters as well. To go back to the Obama-Biden comparison, Obama had this personality that just connected with young voters in a way that Biden's personality is not connecting. Now, Biden had charisma. There's Obama had charisma. That's for sure. Biden, not so much. Not so. Yeah. I mean, Obama is one whether people love him or hate him. Obama is one of the most gifted political campaigners, one of the most gifted communicators in a generation. And that connected with people, again, whether people like Obama or not. I think even Obama's critics would agree that he is a very gifted communicator in a way that Joe Biden just isn't. He just doesn't have the same type of political style that Obama does, and he's not as strong on the campaign trail. So that plays a role in it. But, Mike, I think you're correct to note that policy will play a role. And, And the problem for Joe Biden is if there are many different problems that are creating concerns for young voters with them, then that just becomes more difficult to solve. And and so I think Democrats have plenty of work to do between now and November 24 with young voters, just as Republicans could really embrace this opportunity if they can figure out how to do that. Right. I got a couple of openings later this week. I'll have to get back with you, but uh, are you available, generally speaking, later this week? I would really like to talk with you about supporting Israel 
but uh, apologizing for not believing Hamas death numbers and how do you appease one group while supporting another? That's a that's a difficult question to answer as well. That's why we ask you those difficult questions. Dr. Anthony Tregoski, thank you very much for talking with me this morning. We will certainly do it again.